Good morning, all, and welcome to this morning's encounter with the Lord. This is Russell, your host. How are we all this morning? Good morning, Russell. Good morning, Good morning Russell. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for the powerful teaching last night. It is your desire for us to reign with Christ. You showed us how, Father. We thank you that it is not your will that any of us should perish or be thrown into the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. But that we should be brought to redemption, to salvation and into your kingdom. Every single one of us. And yet you give us a free will to choose. And there are many that choose amiss as well, Lord. But every one that you have called according to your purpose, everyone that you quicken must come to you. And you call us to be with you as well here every morning to share in that communion, that time with you, one-on-one, -on -one, privately in our prayer, where you speak to us in our hearts. You pour out your mercy. You give your grace to renew us with new strength that we can go through this day, that we can face that baggage that we have carried with us overnight. All our challenges, all our problems, all the storms in our life. You never said that it would be easy. But you said that you will always be with us and you will never leave us even unto the end of time. And that is where we draw our strength from, Father. Through the presence of Jesus in the Holy Spirit in us. And your peace and your joy that you pour into our hearts, Lord. That which keeps us going. That which helps us to focus on you in our place of prayer. And no matter the storm around, we stay with you. Knowing that through that revelation, the wisdom, the understanding that comes from you, and from your word, where you speak to us and you give us direction, you answer us. Therein lies our solutions. We want to share that same peace and joy, Lord, this morning with all those that are part of this prayer meeting and this praying family. We share it with all those for whom prayers have been requested on this group and have no one to pray for them as well. We offer our faith and to stand in that gap, Father. And we share it with all those that are called Christians by your name, but do not know you, do not have that personal relationship with you, have not encountered you. And with all those that do not ever want to know you, they turn the other way and yet your heart bleeds for them, it aches for them because they are still the children of your inheritance. Father, let every lie that has been told to them be exposed. Let the darkness be dispelled by your light that shines in their life. Let the veil before their eyes be torn into. Let the truth be revealed to them and that truth set them free.
as we make our prayer this morning, Father, we call on your name. In the name of the great I am, the Elohim Adonai, the Lord of Lords. The one who makes the parched land into a pool of water. The one who is the ancient of days. The God of peace who shall bruise Satan under our feet. The God of hope, the God of patience. The one who is a consuming fire that purifies but does not seek to burn. The father of lights. The one who destroyed our enemy, tall as the cedars and strong as the oak, as do Amos says. Yet you destroyed his fruit from the top and his root from beneath. You cut down our enemy from both ends. Help us renew our minds, Lord, to see the work that you are doing in our lives. That we are able to pay attention and observe it. And we pray in the name of Jesus, your son. The bridge to the father, the way, the truth and the life. In him is light and in him is life. In him is wisdom, righteousness, sanctification and our redemption. The one who has enriched us in all utterance and knowledge. Our daily bread. The lion of Judah. The king of kings. The rock on which we build our faith, our church and our life. The word himself. And we pray in the name of his spirit, the spirit of this word that makes that word come alive. The father of all spirits to whom every spirit is subject he is the seal of the age to come. The Lord in the midst of his people and dwelling within each of us who is mighty. He has made his tabernacle within us so that we now become his temple. We do not need to go in search of him. He has come in search of us. The same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, given that resurrection power, brings that same resurrection power into our lives as well. So that no matter how far we have fallen down, how deep into problems we are in, when he comes, there is an uplifting. There is a restoration. There is a rebuilding. We welcome you, Father, into our lives and into this place. We thank you, Lord, as we come in through your gates, into your temple. We thank you for the gift of your spirit, for the gift of your word. We thank you for the gift of our life and our health. We thank you for our well-being, for our safety. We thank you for family. We thank you for friends. We thank you for this prayer group and ministry that you have given us. We thank you, Father, that you provide food on our table, a shelter over our heads. We thank you, Father, and we cannot stop thanking you when we look at everything around us that is going well. We look at every lesson that you are teaching us through things that are not going well. We thank you, Father, that you are making us wiser, that you are renewing us to make wise choices. Sometimes when we refuse to learn, we have to learn the hard way. But we thank you, Father, that you are always there, that you never leave us. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed us with your word, your spirit, and you give us the gift of prayer through which we can authorize and give you permission 
to act on our behalf to solve that challenge, that problem, that storm that we cannot solve. So that when we call on Jesus, all he says, peace, be still. And every storm is quietened. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity to know you more, to be with you. That you reveal to us your kingdom, your ways, your patterns, your systems. And you say, seek that. Obey what I have given you in terms of commands. Seek that kingdom. And everything will fall in line. We thank you, Father. We praise your name. We give you glory. We give you honor. For you are worthy of it all. Today, as we pray, we reflect on James chapter 4, verse 3. It's one aspect of prayer where he says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. I'd like us to reflect on our own personal prayer life. What do we say in that prayer? And as we go through this reflection, to dissect our own personal prayer, why is it not being answered? There are many reasons, and today I'm going to focus on this one big and most common reason that James, de de James describes here. You have not, and you receive, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss. A prayer that hits a wall and rebounds back to us unanswered. What does he mean by the word amiss? 1 John 5 verse 14 says, If we ask anything according to the will of God, he hears us. So asking amiss is asking outside of that will. That which is not in his will, he won't give us. So what is his will then? His word is his will, his written testament for our life. And he says, heaven and earth shall pass, but my word shall not pass. We have seen this in the teaching on the proclamation as well. Brother Vivek has put stress on Isaiah 55 verse 10 and 11, the importance of those two lines that we should be proclaiming over our lives every single day. So that we, we understand the power in our spoken words. And let's look at a few scriptures now that talk about his will, his word. In Isaiah 55 verse 10 and 11, the first one is where he says, my word shall not go void, but it shall fulfill what it was sent to fulfill. I'd like to highlight here, as with the other scriptures as well, that you will see after this. He says, my word, not any other word. My word. Are you speaking his word? Are you praying that word back to him? 
John 15 verse 7 says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Again, my words. Isaiah 51 verse 16, he says, I have put my words in your mouth and covered you with the shadow of my hand. Jeremiah 23 verse 28 says, Let the prophet who has a dream recount the dream, but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully. In all these, he says, my word. The question for you to ask yourself is, in your prayer, whose words are you speaking? Are you speaking his word? Are you praying that word back to him? So when your prayer is without the word, without his word, you are asking amiss. The answer here is, to find a scripture that carries a promise related to the problem that you are currently experiencing. Find that scripture, confess it and claim it. That's when you are speaking his word back to him and reminding him of it. And if it has been said, then remember he guarantees his word by his integrity. Heaven and earth shall pass, but that word shall not pass unless it is fulfilled. A second way of looking at that word amiss. Today we are focusing more on that one word amiss. So one is not using his word. The second way of looking at the word amiss is out of alignment with wrong intentions. Now he said there, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. Wrong intentions. Let's focus on that. What are our intentions? Almost all the time when we raise a prayer. Do we pray for physical needs? Or do we pray for spiritual needs as well? Most of the time it is only physical needs. I need good clothes. Good job. Good wife or a good husband. I'd like to win the lottery. So I have more money. I'd like to be able to put others down. A career ambition or a fancy car, an apartment. What are we praying for? Examine the, the thing that you are praying for. And what among those that you have listed there are spiritual needs? And as soon as you receive what you have prayed for, what are we thinking? Most of the time we are thinking, let me show that family member or friend or neighbor who put me down. It is often pride that comes in. And what does Jesus say about the intention that we should have when we pray? Look at Matthew 6 verse 33. He says, in all your seeking, seek First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Is that what we are seeking or are we saying, Lord, give me a good wife, give me a good car? Are we seeing the difference there? He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then all these things, without exceptions, all 
shall be added unto you. He didn't say, I shall consider which ones to give. He didn't say some of these. He said all. But first seek the kingdom of God. Come within his system of operation. Seek to have the righteousness of him. Do you see where our asking is going amiss? Remember there, he said in John 10, 10, I came that you might have life and have it to the full in abundance. So he didn't say, oh, don't worry about those riches. That is not for you. He wants you to have everything. But make sure your intention is in the right place so that it will not corrupt you. When we pray for a physical gain, for a pleasure of our life, at the cost of corrupting us spiritually, or we pray without a spiritual connection, then we ask amiss. Now that's the third amiss there. The spiritual connection. We only go to God when we have a need. In Matthew 6 verse 8, Jesus said, Your heavenly Father knows what you need. Question, do you ask him or do you approach him as a father? Or do you go to him as a shopkeeper? Whom you have only come to collect items from. Do you approach him with a relationship in mind? I am going to my father, the one I love and the one who loves me. Or do we just get to the point as soon as we start the prayer, we say, God, I need bread, I need tea, I need food, I need clothes. I need a car. When will you give it to me? Does the relationship aspect again after that continue? After your need is met, that's the next question that will come. What is your relationship with God? before you place your need before him and after your need is met. That is a very important factor in deciding whether the need will be met. Let's reflect on it from the point of view of our human relations. Many of you are probably parents as well. Which of you as a parent would give to a son that you will know, that you know will waste what you give him? will spoil it. Which of you will give something good to a son who doesn't care about you? Only comes when their pockets are empty. Otherwise does not bother to say hello. Why should it be any different with God then? Are we like that son who only comes when the pockets are empty and then otherwise does not bother to say hello? And should God therefore give us what we are asking? Does the father get a feeling that this son or daughter loves me? Or should he only be thinking that they are only after my goodies? They are not after my heart. James says here, you ask so that you can fulfill the desires of or the pleasures of the flesh. God wants you to have abundance, but not at the cost of damaging you in any way. People ask for riches and then become greedy. We ask for a great job and then don't have time for God. 
because we are too busy on that job. We ask for success, but we want to take all the credit and don't even bother thanking God. Are you seeing how we can then go amiss with the wrong motive? 3 John 1, 2. John prayed and said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers, not without the prosperity of your soul. So you prosper physically but also spiritually. That is the best way and the only way to prosper in God's kingdom. So if what we are asking is only physical benefit and no spiritual growth, is unlikely to hear us. What you ask for must prosper you spiritually too. The fourth thing is when we ask for things for ourselves, when we ask for things and we ourselves are not ready for it or are not committed to it, we ask amiss. Question, would you give your seven-year-old son the car keys to drive? You wouldn't. You would wait till he is mature, till he learns to drive. And only then do you give it to him. I'd like to stress on that word mature there. We must spiritually mature to be in a position to receive. God identifies when we are ready to receive what we are asking for. Only then does he give it. Similarly, can a grade 7 child do the job of an engineer? If he can't, then look at what you are asking for and whether you are in fact ready for it. Or are you unprepared and unable to handle that which you are asking him to give you? Many of us do not realize the difference. Do we meet the qualifying criteria? And if not, then go back and keep working towards it. Then when you are ready, ask again. Many of us ask for salaries and for jobs that we are not qualified for. We want to be a manager and they say, you will need an MBA, but we don't have the MBA. Simply, God says, well, go back and get qualified and then come and ask again, you shall have it. That's a good example of it. There is this verse in Proverbs 22, verse 29 that says, Do you see a man who is diligent in his works? He shall stand before kings and not before mean men. Have you exercised that diligence before you ask? That is the question I'm challenging you to think about when you pray for something. And now when you ask, align your asking with his will. And then he says, declare it. I'd like you to pay close attention to these words of Job chapter 22, verses 28 to 30. From the Amplified Version, where he says, You will decide and decree a thing, and it will be established for you. And the light of God's favor will shine upon your ways. When you are cast down and humbled, you will speak with confidence, not fear. Brother Vivek touched upon this yesterday. Humble and meek, poor in spirit. And he says, and the humble person, he will lift up and save. Verse 30, he will even rescue the one for whom you intercede, who is not innocent. And he will be rescued through the cleanness of your hands. That is your righteousness. 
can save someone else when you pray for them. This is his promise to you when you pray or when you intercede for others in faith as well. And lastly, going back to that word that we will be praying with, God guarantees the word. Numbers 23 verse 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said it and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? That is your guarantee. And do you want to see how he guarantees it? Psalm 138 verse 2, which says, He has magnified his word above his name. Remember his name. Jesus' name is a name given above every other name in the universe, at which every knee must bow. And here Psalm 138 verse 2 says, He has magnified, glorified that word even above that name which is at the apex, at the top. So ask by that word in faith, knowing that when we ask according to his word, we do not ask amiss. And what we do not ask amiss and is in alignment, he must answer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that when we reflect on our personal prayer, each of us, you speak to us and show us all those areas in our prayer where we are asking amiss. So that we redesign that prayer. We reword our prayer. And we pray with an understanding, focusing on your word and focusing on your kingdom. Knowing confidently then that all these things that we have asked for shall be given to us. Every single one without exceptions. We ask for that edification in our spirit, Father. As we pray for spiritual edification, I'd also like to pray for our physical and temporal needs, for all the requests that have been put on the prayer group. We pray for all those that are battling sickness and disease, those that are hospitalized will undergo procedures. We pray for all families that are embattled, that are facing separation or any kind of challenge in their lives. We pray for all those that are battling all kinds of strongholds. any kind of limitations or compulsions that have kept them yoked to the ground. For all those that are praying for new jobs, challenges in their finances as well. We also raise our personal needs and those of our families. We pray in a special way for all those members of our family and our friend circle that are not yet saved, have not yet received their salvation. That they might be quickened, Father, we pray. Quicken them and call them unto you. Until you and unless you call them, they can't come. This is your word in John 6, 6, 644. Quicken them and they shall come, Father. We plead the blood of Jesus over each of these that we have prayed for, Lord. Every member of our own family and every family under this prayer group as well. We cover them by the precious blood of Jesus so that they come under his advocacy. So when the Bible says he is seated at the right hand of God at the seat of power and he intercedes for us, that advocacy immediately takes effect when we plead the blood. 
We put on our angels and dispatch them on assignments in accordance with your will, Lord. Your holy and perfect will for our lives. We call the angels of the Lord to encamp about each of us, to protect and keep us safe from harm, sin, danger, accident, pilfery, injuring, theft, hijacking, terrorism, and any kind of natural disasters. I command that angelic protection in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that you have heard us, that you always hear us. And when we pray your word back to you, we put you in remembrance of it and release our faith. You move over that word. And that prayer, we believe, Lord, must be an answered prayer. So we believe that we have already received it in accordance with what your word says. And we know in our hearts with faith, filled with faith, that that shall be ours. We open our hearts and we receive, Lord. We now join our spirits with yours to be one spirit. To make this a prayer of agreement with each other and with you, Holy Spirit, who prays on our behalf. I encourage all those that can pray in tongues to unmute and join in. Those that are praying for the gift to release your tongue and faith and ask the Holy Spirit to take over. Make sure you are asking for that gift with the intention of blessing others. Not to keep it for yourself. A light hidden under a basket but instead one that will be placed on a lampstand and illuminate many more lives. Let us now pray in the spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Kendo <laughs> 
Recatoya Nambriastola Rabrasta Rajala Rasta Radaranja Kara <laughs> 
In the mighty name of Jesus, release our faith, Lord, because we believe we say amen and amen. Thank you, Father, for hearing us. Thank you, Lord. The words that were spoken to me this morning. I am your Lord and God. I am your provider. You are my children. Come to me. I long for my children to come to me. And the sense that I was getting was the Lord wants a closer and a deeper relationship with each one of us. The scripture I was given is 2 Corinthians 6, 16 to 18. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, <clears throat> I will live in them and move among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from them and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch nothing unclean. Then I will welcome you and I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. There's a scripture that has been shared in the chat as well, and this is from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, where it is written, But as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all earnestness, and in our love for you, see that you excel in this act of grace also. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We have another scripture that has been shared in the chat. This one is from 1 Peter 5, verse 8 to 11. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. 
To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. If today's reflection has blessed you in a way and it is helping revolutionize and, and renew your personal prayer life, please share this teaching. It is available on our YouTube channel. Please share that video with others so you can help them and bless, bless them and help them improve their prayer life as well. We want them to have answered prayer too. So share it with as many as you want to bless. If you don't want to bless anyone, you can just forget about this and keep it to yourself. I don't believe that that is the heart of everyone that connects with Jesus. We must change and be renewed. Let us go out and share. And let the mercy and the grace and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ and his jealous love that brings his favor upon us let that be multiplied in our lives each, in our lives this day, for each one of us. So that as we are blessed, let us in turn step out with boldness, share it and be a blessing to everyone around us in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Be blessed and have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Thank you, Russell. God bless Thank everyone. Thank you, Russell. God bless everyone. Thank you, Russell. Thank you, everyone. Have a good weekend.